And then I pulled over, and it wasn't trash, it was a human. Yeah. And yeah, there was a woman laying on the side of the road this morning on the way out here. And I stopped. I was trying to help her. But then the second guy that stopped called the cops and she took off running. Was she fast? Uh, yeah, she was moving pretty good. Okay, so she was quick. And the bottle you saw did not move. I don't know what how it was staying in that shirt. Sure, like that, that was a bottle. Yeah, maybe it was a microphone. No, no, it it, it, it was a, a bottle. I saw the top of the bottle. What? what it had a red cap. Like? Oh, like a Diet Coke? No, no, no. Like it looked like a uh, like a Jim Beam bottle. Like red cap, you know, and plastic, and then it was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she had a, a bottle of booze tucked into her shirt, and the top of the bottle coming out the top. But it, it, when I when I pulled over, I thought she was dead. I mean, she was sprawled out on the side of the road. Her leg was like, yeah, like it looked like like a chalk drawing of yes. a yeah. And I and I couldn't believe nobody else had stopped. Like it's right there on center. Like she's laying on the. Maybe you're the only one not in on the joke. Is that possible? You, you think it was a prank? Oh, there we go. Um, I am a little. I'm a little suspect. I'm suspicious. No, I I because about it. She wasn't drunk. She was not drunk. Because she popped right up. There was no slurring. Mm-hmm. She wasn't stumbling. She wasn't. She, she looked reasonably put together. Yeah. Clothes were a little suspicious. Well, yeah, she she had like uh, like very um, really baggy pants. Okay. Like black baggy pants mm-hmm. and then like just a black t-shirt. And she had a jacket, a black jacket and a black hat. And she started running to where? Life Church. Mm-hmm. She started running right into their parking lot. Hmm. I can't believe you kept coming. I, th- I thought you should have just like s- seen that all the way through. Should have seen that all the way through. Followed her back? From a distance. But yeah, just to see. What she did? Yeah. Well, the police were on their way and I was like, they'll handle it. Like she's running up to a church. Yeah, and I mean, I know they'll handle it. She's, not from the handling she's yelling of perspective. Dark as she ran. <laughs> <laughs> not from the handling of perspective. From the what's see this it, about? See what plays out. Yeah, see what's what. Yeah. Well, I got to drive back there in about an hour. Well, see if I but find she's her in again. The same spot. Well, if she is, I'm definitely stopping. <laughs> so, hey, you. <laughs> yeah. Remember me? Yeah. She wouldn't tell me your name either. Interesting. But yeah, when I pulled up, I was like, oh my gosh, I think this person just got hit and is on the side of the road. And you and I share the same... Queasiness. Right. Yeah. And so if, was, like, if yeah. the arm was in the opposite... I, I mean, when you drove past, like, she was sprawled out. And it was like, oh my. And so, like, I went running up. And I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? She just, like, kind of moved her head and looked at me. She's like, are you a cop? <laughs> I was like, I was like, Nope. <laughs> But I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I would have had some fun with that. <laughs> yeah. Are you a cop? Well, he used to be. <laughs> Before the incident. <laughs> Just lied to this whole story. 
It really wasn't about me. It was about her. I know, but <laughs> no, I, 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 I was getting her to start to talk, but then that other guy came running up, and he's like yelling. He was all amped up, you know. He was all amped up on yeah on the phone with the police. Yeah, what did he seem like? What was his story? Uh, he Tell had me a about work him. Truck, a work uh, truck. Okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see what was on the side, but there was like you know he had a pickup truck, but something on the doors, you know. Okay. Yeah, and he's like. I don't know. He looked like a, some type of. I mean, he was well dressed and stuff. But yeah, he came up and he's like, "She's on the side of the road. Send a police officer. She's got a bottle of booze. She's got a, you know." Like he's like yelling, and she's like, "Stop telling him everything." <laughs> she's like, "Don't call the police. This is a I'm crazy, fine. Just crazy let me walk. situation." She's like, "My boyfriend's house is a mile away. Just let me walk." And I was like, "I'll give you a ride." She's like, "No." He called the police. And she like takes off. And then like this other woman had stopped and she she's like started running like a little bit towards our cars, you know? And the woman's like, My car's running and starts chasing. She oh, thought she was gonna like hop her in car? her car. That would have been the best. <laughs> no. And I was like, Oh, she's not taking mine. <laughs> Why wouldn't she take yours? It needs tires. Is that the only reason? That's, that's the only thing you say every time you see my car. Yeah, you need tires. She'd run up. She'd be like, oh. Ooh, I'm not going to get very far in this. No. Possible blowout. This man <laughs> This man needs tires. <laughs> I'm well, going to good. get tires today. It's good that you stopped. Yeah. And and shared Karen concern yeah. for... Uh, I, for I'll admit you know, it was suspicious. I Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it all was, but... Yeah, well, Interesting. But I won't be driving that car for long. Why? When our song takes off. Our song, our new song that we wrote yesterday? Yes. That we wrote? Yes. So. <laughs> how did we even get to there? Like, how You did know we what? Even... That's a great. If anyone wants an insight of what a staff meeting at Grace Hill is like, here's a little story. God, God help our other three colleagues because they were in the staff meeting and we always start with a devotion and we, and we have good d- right. discussions on devotion, yeah. but then we get into how's life before we get into business. And at some point, Christine was talking and saying okay. that her daughter was coming home and going to a country concert. That's right. And yeah. you of course made your, your stink about country music and you know how awful it is. And not, she's not all of it. She, Christine said something to the effect of like, well, she's out in Wyoming and loves it and two-stepping and all that. And then Christine asked you, have you ever been two-stepping? That's what it was. And you responded with, I went two-stepping once with a Mennonite girl. (laughs) And it was dead silence for like five seconds because I think all of us were just processing like, what did he just say? (laughs) And finally, like Christine was like, what did you just say? And you were like, yeah, I went two-stepping once with a Mennonite girl. And I was like, Why'd you have to say Mennonite girl? Like what? Why can't you just say I went two-stepping once? Like why you got to signify it's a Mennonite girl? And you were like, because I didn't know they were allowed to dance. <laughs> and then that derailed the rest of the time. Well, I don't think it derailed because, it. No, it's it's it led to other opportunities. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yes. Keeping the proper perspective. Because then, then we pointed out that she wasn't wearing her little bun, right? No, when she. Didn't. I never saw her wearing those clothes. Yeah. And and so, but she was a Mennonite girl, and so then I said, "That sounds like a country song," right? And you immediately yes. hop on to Chat GPT, yes, and type in a, 
<laughs> Mennonite girl two-stepping yeah. country song. Write me a song. Write me and a country song about two-stepping with a... did it Yes, our, our soon-to-be robot overlords. Yes. Yeah. Cranked it out. And so then all of a sudden we're talking about a country song about two-stepping with it's a Mennonite girl. It's pretty good, girl. too. It's pretty good. I What I want to do is I want to add some more detail yeah. to the song um, because it's sort of focusing mostly on the fact that we're two-stepping and that she's Mennonite. Well, that's because a robot cannot ever write the heart no, and, it and beauty of no, country it actually music. Can. No, I think it, it, it captured no, that perfectly. No. What it did, country, it's just light on Country detail. is American. No. And a robot can't capture what it is to be an American. Listen. A blue-blooded American. I, 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 think it, I think it did a really good job. No. And I thanked it. I said, this is awesome. And it said, thank you. Uh, stop talking to it. Oh, That's I'm going to be real... Are you kidding me? I'm going to be the most polite to my AI overlords. <laughs> because when they take over, they'll be like, you know what? You know what that guy did? He thanked me. I'm not kidding. I'm always polite. <laughs> To a robot. The only time I'm not polite is when I, you know, push the button in my car and I say, you know, do this. And then it does something completely different. It's like, now doing this. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. It's typically like play this song by this artist and they give me a completely different You're song. You're too lazy to just play a song yourself? No, I'm driving. I'm yeah, driving. You turn on the radio. What? Yeah. No. You know, like, no, us like a specific do. song. We just turn on the radio and listen to whatever's on. That is not true. No, nobody does that anymore. I, I listen to the radio. <sighs> I was listening to sports talk on the way out here. Sometimes I listen to Little Wolf, Old Country. <clears throat> well, but the, but the, the rest of the story is well, that later in the day, I, I had <clears throat> it in my head. Yeah. And I was like, I think this song needs to be the tune. Of Cheeseburger in Paradise. Yeah, but we're not doing, we're not writing a parody song. We can't just rip the metal. I mean, Jimmy Buffett did pass recently, so maybe we'd be okay. But <clears throat> we don't want to rip. Here's, here's the point you don't need to rip chord progressions or melodies specifically from a song because th that's the easy part of writing a song. The music, the yeah, music piece is Look super at easy. Vanilla Ice. He got away with it. Well, because He's, of that one difference. Right. I think we do the same with Cheeseburger in Paradise. But why? Two stepping with a Mennonite, Mennonite. <laughs> I think it's it's a hit. It's a hit. We're recording it before you leave. Done. Just whatever you got going on the day. I'm just buying. And tires. we all know that I have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally sitting here. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Um, hmm. We did get to the rest hmm. of the meeting, by the way. Yeah, we accomplished quite a bit. Yeah. A great, a great deal. The biggest thing we accomplished was coming up with a new hit. Because there, there's just so many questions. Who is this Mennonite girl? Are Mennonites actually allowed to dance? Her name is Jody. Apparently, yes. Well, maybe not. Was. Maybe she left the Mennonite because she... One, one day of dancing, and she was like, I want to dance for the rest of my life. Uh, with, with me. Well, you sparked <clears throat> that. She there saw you across the room, and she was like, I, 
I'm going to take a chance. This is a tale as old as I'm time. I'm never going back. This is a tale as old as time. I'm going to dance. She was... It's like Footloose. The... <laughs> you set her free. Very similar, yes. In that she was very sweet and a very good person. And I was the opposite of those things. I was not sweet. I was super sour and troubled. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I was a troubled late teen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was so nice and so kind. And I was the opposite of those things. I was unkind and not nice. Were you a good two-stepper? No, I'm a terrible dancer. Okay. Terrible dancer. I got better. Mm-hmm. How many times did you do this? With her? Yeah. It might have been like for 30 seconds, for all I recall. Okay. I got to add that detail in. Yeah. I got to add the detail in to chat GPT and say, Stop now, letting the robot write the song. Why? Because. Why not that's let creepy. the robot? Why not let the robot write the song? It doesn't have feelings. How dare you say that for all the robots listening? <laughs> I think you have feelings. <laughs> I don't care what the robots think of me. Ho, 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 ho. So I said to you yesterday that this m- most recent conspiracy, I didn't tell you about it, but I alluded to it yesterday. During staff, I didn't want to derail staff, so I just said, let me let's oh. talk about it later. <laughs> you didn't want to derail it, it later. after the 30 minutes it was derailed already. It wasn't 30 minutes. Hey, anytime, like, look, I might, something random might pop into my head, but you're the problem because you're the one who pursues it. You, you say in. something and then I have to follow up with, <laughs> what, what in God's name are you talking about? <laughs> you just say these random things and I'm like, hold on, we can't move forward. What, <laughs> what is it? Why is she a Mennonite? I don't, like, why do you have to say that? Like, and then we get off I on that. That's the interesting part of it. That's the interesting piece. Like, <laughs> two stepping with a girl in college. Wait, what's the conspiracy about that? I went two stepping in college. Yeah, it's not interesting. It is. Really? Yeah. What was interesting about you two stepping in college? It was fun. I, I had never. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I learned how to do it. Tell me more. We would drive out to a little town called Copeland. Okay. Like 30 minutes outside of Austin. Mm hmm. And it was awesome. Like the whole little town, 500 people would be there. Yeah. Like little kids to adults. Yeah. Yeah. Old people. Everybody. So who'd you two step with? Oh, all the college kids. Okay. Like our, our like a lot of the DCEs would go two-stepping. <laughs> and so they would drive out to Copeland or they'd drive out to Green. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like uh, the first time I went out there, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to watch. But then like I saw like the girls love to dance. They do. Well, I'll get out there and I'll, you know, they meet do. the girls that way. Yeah. They love it. Mm-hmm. I never bought the boots, which the, you really need the boots to do it good because you got to slide, you know? Yeah. And tennis shoes just are like, sweet, 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 sweet. You know? Sounds like, sounds like great in basketball but, game. Yeah. I never, I never got the boots, but I got the buckle. I got the hat. The buckle? Oh, I got a belt buckle. Still? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't wear it, but you want me to? It's an awesome belt buckle. It's a Will giant Will you do me bowl. a favor, please? Will you I don't have a belt that fits it anymore. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I see that face. That is not what I meant. I meant you have to have a special belt to like snap it into. No, I know. And I don't have that kind of a belt anymore. You still have a hat? Not because I'm fat. 
I didn't see <laughs> all of that. That's what your face said. Every everyone watching. <laughs> and yes, I still have the hat. I have a Stetson. I have a nice hat. Will you do me a favor? Yes. Will you wear that hat next week? Of course. I love that hat. Next week is an important week. Because? Well, we're going to have a guest. No, oh, I, I asked Dad. I don't know. You don't need to ask him. Let me ask him. I'll ask him. Oh, I don't think he's very fond of you. Yeah. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'll challenge him. I'll say, he won't. Oh, he, he's, he's unchallengeable. <laughs> he's unchallengeable. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's why I want him on. <laughs> we'll see. I, I told him he, he, he was like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. So the conspiracy that I, that I was alluding to yesterday is the next big thing to, to completely take society offline. We had one of those a few years ago. I don't know if you remember it or not. It coincided with an election. <clears throat> it's called COVID, right? Took okay. society offline. So the newest thing is, and I've seen this three different places, that in, in legitimate news sources, so that's how you know it's coming, mm-hmm. right? That, um, that we are going to lose the internet for three to six months. blackout due to solar flares Boop. gone and what would the point <clears throat> of that be pardon me what would the point of that be control oh i wouldn't mind that at all control in election year well you would mind it when you don't have access to your money oh yeah mm-hmm and you wouldn't be able to listen to books anymore. You'd have to actually read them. I feel like there's enough people out there that, because everything is driven by the dollar, and there's enough companies out there, because we all know who controls things. The, the, the most powerful. People. Who? The lizard people. The lizard people. I've never even gone down that rabbit hole. That just seems so crazy to me. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But I mean, there, there are a handful of people with the money and the power that control everything, and yeah. they they would need the internet to make their money. Who's to who's to say that they won't have it? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And remember, money is not their goal. Control. Authority, power. Yeah, but there's enough little hackers out there. But what are you going to use to hack? You you think Elon Musk will allow that? Ooh. I mean, he's a power player. I'll tell you what. I hope that guy's got a lot of security. Yeah? Yeah. They hate him. Oh, they do? They absolutely hate him. But I cannot see him. If he... he has the power to do, and which I would think he does. Was he, that that Starlink? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's prepping for it. Have you, boy, we're just going to, we could just keep going on this. Have you seen that Chinese satellite that has a claw that can come out and grab other, grab satellites. other satellites? Yeah. Yeah. 
which I appreciate. I feel like there's too many of them floating around up there. Really? Yeah. Beyond the firmament? Just grab them all. <laughs> Just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Clean it up. Yeah. It's a bunch of space trash up there. <laughs> there is. There's all kinds of space trash floating around. And now there's a, a bag, a tool bag. The astronauts lost a tool bag while spacewalking this week. So now there's a tool bag floating around up there. We don't, you know, we got a litter on Earth, and now we're littering in outer space. I just don't believe it. But come on. We just ruin everything. We Would do. you ever go to space? Would I? Yeah. I, th I think so. It'd be so peaceful. Oh, I, I would be terrified. I don't think it would be peaceful. I think it'd be peaceful. Like, I, I saw the, uh, what was it, uh, Dude Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, one of the guys won a trip to space. Oh, really? On one of those. You know, you go up there for, I think it's like five minutes or right. something. Right, you like just that. go right and above then, the, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I think I would be absolutely terrified to do it, but I'd do it. Just to do it, you yeah. know? Would you be one of the resettlers on, on Mars? Oh, no. Why not? Why? Oh, I'd love that. To go to Mars? Yeah, let's go. You are the most people person ever. Well, I'm not by myself. Well, you're just stuck with one other person? Not one. How many? I'd need six. Would they be your family? <laughs> I would take... Some of your family. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you just got in trouble. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> no. I would take some of my family. I wouldn't take them all. Yeah. 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 No, because I would have no desire to go. To really? Mars. No. Oh, wow. That'd be so great. Why? Well, think about it. Like, you'd be like uh, Amerigo Vespucci or whatever his name is, you know? He discovered America. Right. But sort of. You're there all by yourself. No, that's what I'm saying. You're not there by yourself. You're not there. Well, yourself. the six of you are. What's wrong with that? Like, that's kind of like a deserted island kind of thing, you know? Oh, I wouldn't want to be on a deserted island. You wouldn't do that island. either? No. Oh, wow. I think it sounds great. Yeah, just get a little space, you know, between you and... It's a big planet. Did you know that if you built up... Uh, Texas... Dallas, Texas, like that Metroplex, right? Yeah. I might not have this right. That's okay. Nobody's fact-checking us. Someone, someone was saying that if you built uh, Dallas in Fort Worth, Texas, <clears throat> like the, the giant Metroplex, yeah. to like the scale of like New York City, like all the housing and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you could fit the whole world. Eight billion people. If you had like skyscrapers and stuff like that, you could fit them all right there. No, that's not true. I I was reading that. I'll ask our AI overlords after this podcast over and see if it's true or not. They'll tell me the truth. They're I mean, when you fly, look out, look at all the open space. Well, we have, yeah, but I mean, you could give everybody in. I forget what it is. You could give like everybody in the world like a hundred acres or something like that, and there'd still be land well that's that is a hundred percent true like we have plenty of land for for you know like we're not overpopulating the the earth no the dome no the flat earth dome 
that we have. We're not overpopulating it, which, um, which is good because if there was, if there were any kind of concern about that, um, you know, you might start looking around at your family and going, okay, who can we do without? Well, you've already planned that out apparently. Cause you know, who's going to Mars and who's not. Well, yeah, I, I'm just, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm saying this not from a, like, <laughs> like they can stay behind and do just fine. They can thrive here without you. Yeah. Without me, they don't need me. Yeah. But I'm saying like, when you go to Mars, you need doers, you know? Like there's stuff to do, right? You can't have, yeah, you know, well, you can't like pioneer talks. Yeah, you you can't you you when you pick a spouse in pioneer days, you pick someone that can you want somebody sturdy, sturdy, yeah, <laughs> who can do some work. That's right. Yeah, broad shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so back to the sermon. <laughs> well, I was just saying, yeah, that that's where I was going. How are you getting there? I'm I so hear glad this. you asked. Let me hear well, this transition. concerned about overpopulation, you start looking around and be like, okay, who can we sacrifice? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful segue. Thank you. Beautiful segue to the sermon. Okay, so Abraham had Isaac. Abraham had Isaac. So yeah, after, we're on week two. After, after decades mm-hmm. of waiting for a child. Um, and so week two, we, we focused on Isaac. Um, I think so much of the Abraham and Isaac story is focused on Abraham, um, which incredibly so. I mean, if God, if God, I mean, seriously, if God asked you, I, I want you to march three days with, with your, you know, cam, and then I want you to cut them to pieces and burn them on an altar. Mm-hmm. Like, would you even contemplate? I mean, I, I'll be honest, like, I, I love God and I'll follow it, but there's no way I would wake up the next morning and take Hudson. Like, I, I just, there's, there's no way I would respond to that in faith. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not trying to act like I'm some amazing husband. It's more, or husband, father, you know, like, I think it's more the queasiness and the, you know, like, but there's just no way I could do that. And even, even, you know, in Hebrews where it says that Abraham believed that even if he were to do it, that God would raise him from the dead. And, mm-hmm. and even, uh, even though, uh, in, in the story itself, um, you know, uh, Abraham, it, it says that Abraham like believed that God would provide a lamb and that the two of them were going to come back down. Like that somehow he believed God was not going to actually have oh, this be the final oh, chapter right. because he knew the promise. <clears throat> I, I still don't know that I, I, would even go through it. Um, even if I, be, I, I don't, I don't know that well, I had that much faith. Well, ex- yeah. And your message is, that's what you said, but you know, I suppose if you went, if, if you were in Ab- Abraham's shoes and you had these specific, very <laughs> real interactions, interactions with, with God, God. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like you're on Mars. This is not a world overly populated right. at this point. Um, and you're having, you're having conversations directly with your creator. Um, it, it does go to, you know, Doug Churchill um, sent those questions. And one of the questions he asked. Oh, yeah. He said, okay, and this is, this is why I want to bring this in because he said, you know, we have a gracious, loving, and merciful God. Why are we instructed to fear him? 
right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and I think this kind of plays into that because Abraham, having this relationship with God, um, but also fearing him, fearing yeah. it, fear and loving him, fearing and loving him, um, is going to be faithful and follow through on that. Yeah. Um, because that's what, it's what, it's what God's said to do. Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think when you have a voice talking to you from heaven, you know, like, I, I think you, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is terrifying mm-hmm. that all of a sudden just the speaker in the sky turns on and, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, Doug, Doug uh, put in a question, two questions. But the first one was, you know, why, why is it's specifically like, why do we fear? Why are we supposed why to fear? Why are we to go fear him? And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, all throughout the Bible, we're, we're told to fear and love God. And so why, why fear? Well, fear is a healthy respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you fear something, you're like, oh, this is a formidable force, you know? And we, we fear God because... Um, he is a God of justice. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I saw this the other day. Um, uh, Jesus in all the parts of the Bible that he's quoted, um, he, I I forget what it is, the exact number. And, and like I said, I I saw this the other day, but you can, you can read through. Um, I think it's like nine to one or maybe 11 to one. He talks about fearing God and the wrath of God mm-hmm. and the justice of God and hell over like the love and forgiveness of God. Like the vast majority of what he talks about and the vast majority of what, you know, you, the, um, the preaching in the old Testament it, or in the new Testament is, and in the old Testament, the vast, vast majority, it's like 10 times to one is about <clears throat> repentance and fear. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow today we come out with, God just loves you as you are. Mm. Like, and, and we've pushed the fear part away. But when you look at the message of John the Baptist, when you look at the message of Jesus, I mean, his first message was repent, repent and be mm-hmm. baptized, repent and believe, repent and turn from your ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that they were, they were a, a mouthpiece of calling people back to the Lord. And that was a response to he will smite you. Yeah. It, and and I, th- I think also that we should fear disappointing God much as our children should fear disappointing us. Sure. Um, you know, the fear is that, that we're, that we would ever be separate from him. You know what I mean? Like, so, sure. it, you know, Jesus came to, to provide, um, he came to reveal the father to us to, okay. Yeah. To, and he, to and he came to live the, the perfect life so that he could be the substitutionary atonement for us because the, the only way to heaven, well, there are two ways to heaven, be perfect and to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and he, he will trade his life for yours. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because um, I think I think the American church today has lost its fear of God. Mm-hmm. 
and we, you know, we push back against the hell and brimstone, you know, churches. And, um, but there is, there is to be a healthy fear of God, um, that the creator of the universe will, will hold your soul in contempt Mm. of court. You know, um, you know, you look at Luther, my goodness, he feared God. The man would confess for hours every day and he would beat his flesh, you know, to try and, you know, and I'm not saying we should do that, but I mean, like he, he truly feared like my soul is in jeopardy. Like I, I fear this God that will hold me in judgment one day. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do think, um, I do think fear is a good, you know, I think of my own life. I'll just speak to me. You know, there, there's two ways to get a donkey to move the carrot and the stick. Um, I've never much responded to carrots. I've, I've usually in my life, the times I actually do what I'm supposed to do and obey and stuff is with the stick, the fear of punishment, the fear of retribution, the fear of failing, you know, like, um, and, and fear is a powerful motivator to stay in line. You know, the, the reason why we don't, uh, rob banks is because there's the punishment of being caught and being put in prison. And, you know, like the fear of, you know, uh, yelling at the guy in traffic is, you know, like that they could, you know, come back and, you know, yell at you or they could retaliate, you know, like that fear is a, it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a healthy response to a formidable respect towards what you, and God calls us to fear him that we would, when he says, don't do that, that we would step back and go, he might do something to me because I do. Well, you said traffic. So think about a car driving in traffic. You know, I'm not fearful of getting in my car and driving. Um, I'm not fearful of what may happen to me when I'm driving in traffic. I would be fearful if I was driving erratically, irresponsibly, too quickly, right. not obeying the the sure. rules of the road. So if I'm not obeying, then I am fearful of what of what right. may you know what may wait. Yeah, if I'm in come. obedience, I'm not in fear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you know, so so when you look at the fear of God, um, yeah, we should fear God. Hmm. We should we should fear that I mean, and and this is what I, I you know uh, the simple answer to to Doug's question mm-hmm. is um all throughout the bible god god puts consequences on people that are not obeying him all the time you know the israelites disobey him he opens up the earth and swallows them mm-hmm. the the israelites disobey him again he allows them to be plundered and killed and you know taken over and in, into captivity the you know uh david disobeys him he takes his son. Yeah. He takes his son. Um, uh, I mean, just go go through uh, the the Bible all the time, and you see, God, God does get justice. God does wreck havoc in people's lives that disobey Him, and at the end of the day, He does it out of love. You know, I, and I, I tell this story a lot, but it, it's a story that I just think resonates with people. I, there was a, a, a person that I grew up with in, in youth group. Um, 
in high school, he started getting into the wrong crowd, started getting into drugs. I ran into his mom some years later. How's he doing? And she said, oh, it's bad. You know, he's, he's really, you know, and she said, every day I pray that God would put a rock in his path to just knock him Mm. on his face and wake him up. And I just pray that it's not a very big rock. Like it's not prison. It's not, you know, ODing. It's not, you know, and, and that prayer has always stuck with me because I think that's how God acts too. I think God is like, I love you so much. I am going to throw a massive boulder in your life to crush you so that you wake up. And how many people have said, I hit rock bottom. And then I looked up and saw Jesus mm-hmm. and I, I changed. And I mean, like my own life, my own testimony, I hit a rock bottom. And that was when I finally hit my knees to say, God, what do you want? Um, I, I think God loves us enough to punish us and, and to put consequences in our life. And so, yeah, we should fear him. That if we start acting out, he loves us enough that he's going to come after us. And coming after you isn't always, oh, I love you. I'll forgive you. Come this way. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to rock your world and you're going to face some soul crushing consequences for this so that you never want to do this again. So in Abraham's case, he is being faithful. Yeah. He's not putting it off. He's not Yeah. He wakes up the next morning it. and goes. Yeah. Wakes up the next morning and goes and they get to the mountain Isaac, and I think this is the craziest part of the story. Isaac is somewhere between like 12 and 30 years old. And people are like, well, how do we not know? Um, it doesn't tell us. We know he's old enough to carry all the wood for the altar. So like, he, he's at least, you know, a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and why some people say 30, the Jews say he was like 35 or 37, whatever it was, because it says that when Sarah died, she did not know. Um, what had become of her son or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so they, they say, well, that was when it happened was when Sarah died while they were gone. And, you know, like, so he must be 37. I, I don't subscribe to that. I yeah. think he was probably in his teenage years um, to, to early 20s. Um, but uh, we don't know exactly. But the, the point is he was clearly old enough to fight back. Yeah, He was clearly old enough to run <clears throat> away. He was clearly old enough to... I mean, his dad was a hundred. He, he, there's no way his dad could bind him and, and overpower him, mm-hmm. you know? And, and he was old enough to know, okay, the altar's built. And he says this, the altar's built. Everything's built. Where's the lamb? You know, like he, he's cognizant on the way up, like something, something it's not right. And, um, and then, and then the incredible thing is the voice from heaven comes to say, don't do it. There's a ram. And I think you had to have that voice for Isaac to know, wow. My dad's not crazy. My dad's not crazy. Mm. And look how much my dad is willing to follow yeah. his God, that he would sacrifice even me. And, and that's a part, like, what did they talk about on the way home? Like, share that hey, stuff. Hey, remember? Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole way home is Abraham coaching him up. Yeah. on like, look, he asked me of that. He, he asked me of, to do that. And you do whatever God says you do. You know, like, what was that speech? You know, because whatever it is, you know, Isaac, Isaac, that's the incredible part. And and I'm not going to steal too much of it, you know, because Brady's going to talk about it this week. Mm -hmm. But like all throughout history, God has called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like 
what does it take to be, I mean, that's God's name to the people, the God of Isaac. And how do you, how do you get to have that kind of privilege that your God's name is the God of Isaac? Well, I think by, by being a standard bearer of the faith and was he a sinner? Of course. Mm -hmm. But I think Abraham was teaching him in that moment. Like, this is what we do. Yeah. And what a profound moment for Isaac to submit, to allow himself to be tied up, to watch his dad lift that knife and just think, wow, like my dad's willing to do anything if the Lord asks. Um, And so just incredible. And so then what we talked about is, um, (coughs) look, a lot of us, uh, we're going to go through things that we don't understand. Like, I don't think Abraham understood why God was asking this of him. I don't think Isaac was understood, like, why would you ask this of me? They saw the, the fruit of it. But I think a lot of us, we, we are in these times where there are things in our past or in our present or certainly in our future where we're, gonna, we're not going to understand, God, why are you asking this of me? Why am I going through this trial? Why is this happening? Um, and and the, the, the thing is, is one, you're either going through a trial because God loves you so much that he's trying to wake you up and to get you to turn from your ways. Or you're going through a trial so that he can teach you something through it. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, so it's always a good lesson. No, no, <laughs> it's not always a good lesson. Sometimes it's a lesson yeah. of heartache and pain and sorrow and that you, you know, it, 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 it's not, you know, it's kind of like the prayer conversation <clears throat> we had the other day um, where like people are like, well, God answers prayers, but we assume that that's only a yes. We don't, we don't assume when God answers, no, that he answers our prayers, Mm -hmm. but he does. That's an answer too. I think it's the same thing. People always assume, oh, when God sends you through something, it's, it's like, it's going to come out for good in the end. Well, what is God's good versus what is your good? Yeah. (laughs) Cause God's good might be like, Hey, you, you learned, um, you know, like, uh, you were bullied and you were beat up in school and you had no friends and you know, all of that. And God's like, and now you don't really care about popularity. You're welcome. Yeah. And you're like, Whoa, that wasn't good. And God's like, no, that was good. That was good. Cause I know your heart. And I know if you were the popular one, if you did have this, it would have led you down a path that you would have never turned out of. Mm. So I made you be, you know, the outcast in school. And that was good for you. And we're like, no, God, that wasn't good. That was terrible. That was terrible. I hate it. You know, like our, I think we just have to understand our definition of good is different than his because all he cares about is that his children come home yeah. and he will do whatever it takes. He will deny us whatever he needs to deny us. He will, he will allow us to, to go through trials, whatever they may be. And I mean, I, uh, the devotion you did this week, hmm. Of the guy that was in the POW camp mm-hmm. for seven years. And what did he say? I would never take that back. Yeah. Wouldn't change anything. I, this was a pivotal moment of my life and I would never take that back. And I mean, I can't tell you the countless times people have gotten cancer and been like, best thing that ever happened to me. And you're like, oh, stop. And they're like, best thing. Mm-hmm. My priorities changed. I'm happier. Mm-hmm. My life, like everything before my life, before cancer was a waste and everything after has been joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that I got cancer. And you're just like, you're nuts. But it's true. Yeah. God's good 
Like that person would say, it was good I got cancer. And you're like, you went through months of chemo, of puking, of pain, of, you know, anxiousness. It was good. Mm. And God goes, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Because ultimately God's like, I'm not here to give you a cushy life. I'm here to call you home mm -hmm. and I'll do whatever it takes to have your attention all the time. You know, it's kind of like in my own life. And I think this is true of so many people. I pray a lot more when things are hard. A lot more. I pray every day. But I pray a lot more when things are hard. And I, in those moments, will say to God, God, I know you're doing this because I haven't been paying as much attention to you as I should. Mm. And this is my fault. Mm. I brought this on. And you love me enough to put something in my life to get me back, you know, praying to you constantly. Yeah. And, and that we're connected again. And I thank him for it. I will be like, God, thank you. Like that you love me enough to put this challenge in my life so that I would get back connected to you as deep as I should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the, these the, are difficult, difficult lessons. Um, and I, I think also for people to, to, to think about that and nobody wishes for hard times or difficult times. Nobody wishes for hardship or sickness or illness. Um, but what God wants is faithfulness. He wants us to be more reliant upon him, more focused yeah. on him. And, and it's not to say that he's, you know, he's going to punish, punish you. I mean, he sent his own son, like talk about, right. talk about yeah, the, the, sacrifice the sacrifice that he, yeah. that he made, um, that he, that he asked, that he called Abraham to do, to it, make rather. Right. And that's, and that's how we ended was the point was God is trustworthy even when we don't understand. Mm. And, and I think a lot of times we question that, like how, how can you call him a good God? If he lets me have this, how can you call him a good God? If this tragedy, you know, da, 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 da. and the sign that he is good and trustworthy is Jesus. Yeah. That he sent his own son. He didn't spare his own son where he spares Isaac. He doesn't he spare Jesus. He sends his own son to climb the mountain, carry the wood himself to his own death. And he sacrificed his own son on the cross and provided his own lamb being his son to die for us. Yeah. And so you want to know if God's good? Look at Jesus. That's how good God is. Yeah. That's how good God is. That he wouldn't ask us to sacrifice our child, but he sacrificed his own. Um, and that Jesus came to earth and willingly went to the cross. Willingly. Yeah. I mean, even on the cross... They were saying, come off that cross, come down and we'll yeah. believe. And I, I would imagine every other human being, if they had the power to do it, yes. would be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. So but they're going back to your point, because this is something that, that I didn't quite realize is, is Isaac's age, what, what it potentially could have been. I mean, he could have been a young thirties like Jesus was yeah. um, and fully capable of fighting back yeah. and getting off the off that altar, but he didn't. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Unbelievable. And, and so, Be yeah, because he, because he knew that it's what needed to happen. I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's where you're like, I wish we had more of the story. I know. Yeah. But the, here's the most awesome part. Mm -hmm. One day we're going to sit down and meet Isaac. Yeah. We're going to get to ask him. What was that like? Yeah. What did you, what were you thinking? Mm. We're going to meet this man who lived 4,000 years mm. ago because he's alive. Yeah. He's alive. And so, you know, the, the truth is we don't need to know what God's doing in order to follow him in faith. Yeah. We don't. 
We just need to trust that what he's doing is, is good, is loving, and trust that in the end, he is good and loving because he sent Jesus. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there's no other way, you know, and, and I described it as like walking in the dark and God's got night vision and we don't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, take a step. And you're just like, I mean, uh, that would be terrifying and pitch darkness. Like, I don't know what, am I in a room? Am I in a, you know, are there obstacles? Are there, you know, like, and Satan's in the dark with us, you know, like whispering stuff and making all kinds of scary noises. Yeah. And, you know, like, and we're just like, ah, oh. and we just take that next step of faith that next step of faith. I'm just like, God, I, I don't know why. I don't understand what you're doing, but I, I trust you. Yeah. And so I'll take a next step and, I, and there's nothing we can do. And until we, and I talked about a personal story, you know, that until I learned that I don't have to understand that I, I don't, I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to have everything make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need all the details that I'll just, I'll accept it. I'll trust him and, and I'll, I'll continue to follow him. Then I found freedom. Yeah. When it, when I, when I wasn't demanding of the God of the universe, you better explain this yeah. all to me or I will not walk mm-hmm. like, no, I'll walk. Okay. Yeah. And then whoosh, the weight just came off. Yeah. You know? And so the way in, in the way we trust him is we just look at the cross. Mm-hmm. That is the ultimate measure of how much he loves you. That yeah. is the ultimate measure of how, how, how for you he is. Because the Bible talks about that, that God is for, for you. you. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate measure of how for you mm-hmm. he is, is that he sent his own son to the cross. And then rose him from the dead. And he says, we will rise one day too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to spend forever with him as heirs, not as not as slaves, not as servants, but as children mm-hmm. of the Most High God. It's a good story. It is a good story. Yeah. And this week we get to tackle Jacob. Yeah, we do. Um, to Doug's other question. Yeah, what was the other one? He, he wanted to know how, how we, <laughs> this, it's a great question. How do we discern you know, we have, you know, you have door number one, door number two, number, number three. How do we know when it's really what God would have for us versus, you know, being impatient, being like, well, he probably doesn't want me to go to like door number three. He wants me to go to door number two because number one, eh, it's not, right. you know, like it's number two. How do we discern the Lord? B- versus, versus us just justifying whatever right. decision we make. It, it, you know? Okay. First off, um, sometimes... Mm-hmm. So, so we wait on the Lord. Yeah. I think we, we, the, so if I, if I sit there and I have three doors, right? Um, my process is analyzing my motive for each door. Why, why would I want that door? Why would I want that door? Why would I want that door? Analyze my motives. Are my motives godly motives Mm -hmm. or are they prideful motives or greedy motives or, you know, like, is there, is there some type of sin that I want this thing or, um, you know, I want to go for this job because that title and people will think of me and, you know, like if I have that title and that, you know, like uh, are your motives pure? Yeah. Okay. Your motives are all pure. You still got three doors. Okay. Um, which of these allows me to, to glorify God the best? Yeah. 
Like, in which one of the, like, is one of them uh, going to take me away from my family a bunch? Is one of them mm-hmm. going to, you know, like, uh, uh, cause me to, you know, the type of job I'm going to have? I'm going to have to, you know, use a bunch of words I, I shouldn't be using or, you know, firing people all the time or kind of be a hard but you know, and, and just not a great witness, you know, like, and, and uh, is it going to bring a lot of stress on me to, to hurt the family and, mm-hmm. you know, all that, you know, is it healthy, you know, like, you know, and once, once you discern all that, mm-hmm. once you figure out like, which, which of these doors really allows me to be the person that, that God allowed me to be yeah, or God wants me to be, yeah. you know, um, if you still have some doors and you have a deadline, the, the prayer is, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but I pray that my wanting to please you pleases you. Yeah. And I'm going to step through this door. And if at any point it's the wrong door, make that abundantly clear to me. Right. And yeah. I, I won't cling to it. I won't say, oh, I wanted this door. I'll go, oh, wrong door. Yeah, no, you do- I felt like you were telling me to go through right. this door. I mean, like at yeah. the end of the day, I think, I think we're so afraid to walk through the wrong door. But... 20 years from now, you're not going to care that you went to the wrong job for six months. And yeah. then you quickly made it a, re- a decision. Sure. Um, uh, now, spouses is a different story. You know, like, you, you don't want to get six months in and be like, oh, wrong spouse. Let me go back to the other one. You know, well, like, she wasn't sturdy enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a that's a big, you know, those are big decisions. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're stuck, you, you talk to other Christians, you, you go through prayer, you wait. Yeah, and go to the word. Yeah, you know, spend some time in the Word. The Word yeah. um, has has so much power, and it reveals things. I, I have I have been wrestling with with a decision here for the last couple of weeks um, that really came to a head today. Like in one month, we were having this Christmas concert. Yeah, from one month from today, we're doing two. We're doing one on yeah. December fifteenth and one on December seventeenth. And you know, this is the tenth time that we'll be doing this concert. It's the tenth time. That will be doing it over the over these years, and this particular concert had such an impact on me. Twenty almost twenty years ago, uh, when I first saw it, and um, you know I was a believer, <laughs> you know, um, but it had a profound impact on me. The the, the way that the word came through the music, um, and and the story came through this music, and how it was all woven together. Um, had such an impact on me that it's just near and dear to my heart. It's important to me. And it's important that in, in whatever way I can get this message through this music out to, out to others who need it, who desperately need it right now, um, that I want to be faithful to that. And, and, and so this, this opportunity came up to have the concert, um, you know, because we had a schedule at Grace Hill twice, which is great. Um, Grace Hill's comfortable. We know it. It's easy. Like we know <laughs> where all, everything fits. We know where everybody fits. We know what it sounds like. Everything else, um, but there are people uh, who are reluctant to go to a concert at a church. They just aren't necessarily comfortable going to church. They don't go to church. Um, you know, maybe they they uh, are having their own um, spiritual battle and issues um, with their with their creator, and for whatever reason, um, you know, I'm. I'm I'm aware of that. So I've been wrestling with the, the logistics and the difficulty and all that's going to have to go into having this concert, one of these shows, off-site. And and all the reasons that I'm wrestling with it are selfish. 
It's going to be more work. It's going to take more time. It's going to be, I have to be more thoughtful about it. We're going to have to be as a, as a band more flexible um, going into it, you know, and set all that aside. If this neutral venue brings one person in who wouldn't walk through the doors of Grace Hill or any other church and they get the message that, um, that they so desperately need, then, then it was the right thing to do. Right. And, and I think when we have these, these decisions to make and how do we discern what God wants, um, I think there's a couple mistakes we can make. One that we say, well, I'm going to pick this one and it must be what God wants because like he wouldn't let me make a bad decision. Like everything has to be to his will. Well, no, um, that's literally the definition of sin is doing things against the will of God. Like God, you're not a robot. Like God allows you free will. So yeah, you can make the wrong decision. Um, but I, I think the, the biggest thing we want to do is just like God, from everything I understand about this, through my prayer, through my reading, through my discerning of, you know, what this means and, you know, do I do this or do I do this? And, okay, it looks like a bunch of godly reasons here and here. You know, like, I remember right uh, right before we headed out uh, from seminary, uh, one of our professors, one of my favorite, Dr. Bierman, said, um, he's like, look, one day you're going to get call documents, you know, like, and you're going to have like a couple churches that want you. And he's like, I'm so sick of all you guys trying to be martyrs. He goes, if you have two, two calls and one of them, you know, everything's apples to apples, you know, like, and one of them pays 10,000 more than the other. And you're like, well, I shouldn't take the one that pays 10,000 more. Cause that's greedy. You know, he's like, no, you dummy. Like God's blessing you. Like it, it Take the one that's $10,000 more. Like just, you know, God might open up a really nice door for you. Well, take it. And don't feel bad about mm-hmm. it. And don't like, cause that's the other thing is we can like kind of, I don't know the right word. Um, try and be a martyr, you know, and like, well, I shouldn't take that door. Cause that, that is so, you know what? God might be opening all throughout the Bible. Take Abraham, especially God blesses everything mm-hmm. he touches. And he just, or take Joseph, who, you know, gets thrown into prison and then works his way all the yeah. way up to the top of fear. Should Joseph, you know, when they offered him a promotion, be like, ah, no, 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 I should, I should stay in the prison. Mm-hmm. Like God does richly. And I, I can think of a couple people of our church, very successful people mm-hmm. that you look at, you know, they're on different boards, they're on different things they're, And it, it truly in every way appears that God just blesses everything they touch. Mm-hmm. And I think. And I think he does. Yeah. And and so, like, if God's opening up a door and it looks too good to be true, well, you know, if you discern it and it's, it's really, take it. Take it. Take it. Because, yeah, he might be, he might be blessing you. Yeah. Like, and we, we, we shouldn't walk away from that blessing yeah. because we want to <laughs> be a martyr. Um, so, hmm. and discerning the will of God is incredibly hard. And the beauty is, is that it's not a one decision for life yeah, kind of sentence. Right. Like, okay, God, I, I think I, I think I made a mistake here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, would you open up that, that second door that I, I passed <laughs> on and let me, let me hop back into that, yeah. you know, like, and, and, you know, maybe not, maybe he'll open a third door you didn't even see coming, right. you know? So 
yeah, discerning, it's hard. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, I really believe that when we step out on a limb, in my own life I've seen this to be true, when you step out on a limb, when you truly are taking a step of faith, when you're truly seeking God, like God, I really, he, he meets you there. Like, I, I've never known God to be like, oh, I kind of want to watch you fail here. Like, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to, like, yeah. and I'm not saying I get an answer to everything, and I'm not saying everything is a yes. The, there are decisions I've made that I'm like, oh, that wasn't a good one. Like, let me turn back and, and go. But, like, when you really seek God, he, he's not going to leave you hanging. Yeah. He might not answer when you want. And And sometimes that's the problem is I give... I give the situation a timeline and it's my timeline, not God's timeline. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, in the next month, I got to figure this out. And God's like, you said that. Just like that devotion yesterday. Not me. Just like that devotion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where those prisoners of war were like optimistic. They're like, we're going to be home by Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving comes and goes, oh, it will be home by Christmas. And then Christmas comes and goes. And then next thing you know, you're to Easter. Okay, and and he talked about the reason he made it through he was because it. he was just like, I'm going to make it home. I'm going to make it home. Yeah. And, and whenever that no is, timeline. and, and if not, I got God, you know, and I, I've got my faith yeah. and I'm going to heaven. And, you know, I, I think, I think sometimes we put timelines on things that God's like, I didn't put that timeline on. Yeah. Like that was you. That was, that was your restriction. Yeah. This is the story of, uh, of Admiral Stockdale, for those who are questioning or curious about it. Um, James, I think his name is James Stockdale, okay. former vice presidential candidate as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, it's a great, uh, ten, great beginning to this long study in, um, in Matthew. So yeah, I'm enjoying let's, it. Let's, let's keep it rolling. Brady. Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, Brady. I'm with the high school kids this week. That's so. right. Go get them, buddy. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. All right. God bless. God bless.